Hey there, I'm Breezy. Welcome to Breezy Lifestyle. This real and super helpful series is called From Struggle to Success. I bridge a majorly helpful gap and I bravely share my real life struggles and show how neuroscience and psychology tools absolutely can create a better life for all of us without prescription medication. We discover the power within ourself and how to shape the world around us as we need it for a lifetime. Through the foundation of science and my real life, I show how you can turn any struggle into an absolute success without totally having to change who you are. It's all about making better choices every day to feel better as to live better for a lifetime. I took back control of my life and so can you. Welcome to From Struggle to Success. There are a few ways to think about boundaries, as well as there are a few different types of boundaries. One way to think about boundaries is that it is an awareness of where we end and where others begin. Boundaries in this regard are personal and they are the limits and rules we set for ourselves within relationships to others. Essentially, boundaries show where one thing ends and another begins. Boundaries can help each person in a relationship figure out where the needs of another reside, as well as what goes against needs. Boundaries help each person define what they are comfortable with and how they would like to be treated by others. There are seven types of boundaries, which I will list in a minute. For today's episode, we are going to cover a majority and focus on the most prevalent and important in a human's day-to-day life. It is important to note that boundaries can be hard or soft. The seven types of boundaries are physical boundaries, sexual boundaries, emotional or mental boundaries, spiritual boundaries, financial or material boundaries, time boundaries, and non-negotiable boundaries. Today, we are mainly going to focus on physical boundaries, financial boundaries, non-negotiable boundaries, aka hard boundaries, time boundaries, which you'll see kind of run rampant within everything, and relationship boundaries, which include both sexual boundaries as well as emotional and mental boundaries. We are quite effectively covering all seven boundary types, but do note we are not touching much on spiritual boundaries as I feel your spiritual values can be found within all of the boundary types. Values, especially spiritual values, are always present. So I am going to assume as well as just put forth that your spirituality and the things in which you value are present in each boundary or else you wouldn't be able to set that boundary. Boundaries, as we're going to soon learn, are created because of the beliefs we carry, the self-belief that we have, the belief we have about the world, everything. Today we are going to get into the meat and fat of why the F we may lack boundaries, are fearful to uphold our boundaries, may choose to overstep our own boundaries, and let others walk all over our boundaries. It is very much a thing, whether we mean for it to happen or not. We will see how past experiences shape our belief system and therefore what we accept in our life. Always hold tight that what we believe is going to create what we perceive and feel about everything, including ourselves and others. Just every last thing. 
Having an unshakable self-belief is an immense life tool to never put down because it is not only going to help you set and maintain your boundaries, but an unshakable self-belief also helps you move forward every single day with a beneficial mindset. Experiences from trauma to elation shape and mold what we choose to accept in our life as adults. Lastly, we will cover how to set, establish, and maintain boundaries. When we honor our boundaries, we will feel better about ourselves and likely about others too. Boundaries offer us control and guidance in life. Every human needs to have boundaries, and today we are going to better solidify our needs. We are deep diving first into the reasons why we may lack boundaries or even step over our own boundaries. You will see that lack of boundaries usually results in being in relationships that are one-sided, uncomfortable, toxic, and or dramatic. You will also see that lacking boundaries usually is a maladaptive, self-protecting mechanism from childhood. That was a mouthful. If you identify as a people pleaser, highly sensitive person, an empath, a giver, a yes person, anxious around your friends, or someone that always feels unseen but continues to show up for others, this podcast episode on boundaries is definitely for you. And I am going to share so much of my boundary setting and mistakes in life. Okay, how the F can we lack boundaries and why does this happen? Follow me on this one as I'm about to say a word that can trigger many and shut down even more. Lack of boundaries has a lot to do with the tendency to lean towards codependent behaviors. Those that struggle with codependency likely struggle with having, maintaining, and honoring boundaries. Very, very essentially. People who are needy or codependent have a desperate need for love and affection from others. To receive this love and affection, they literally sacrifice their identity and remove their boundaries. What's more is it can be difficult to realize when a boundary has been crossed and many times we only come to know once we are triggered and reacting to the overstep. I absolutely squash, ignored, and let go of not only my boundaries but my entire self-belief when I chose to enter and stay in a very obviously abusive relationship with an incredibly toxic and addicted person. People pleasers, codependents, yes-sayers, and always show-uppers are great living examples of humans that lack boundaries. These people, including myself at many points in life, show up more for others rather than the self because of how we are neurologically wired in our mind and body, aka nervous system. Boundary-lacking humans likely experienced from caregivers lack of positive attention, healthy attachment, the ability to express our own feelings without repercussions for feeling that way, shame for saying no or not saying yes all the time, and not feeling safe or secure. Those lacking boundaries likely experienced trauma as a child too. Childhood trauma that can shape our self-belief and alter what we accept from others can include verbal, physical, mental, and emotional abuse. And one is just enough. Lacking boundaries means you are fearful to show up as yourself 
because you were taught that being yourself is not good in some way or another. Shame consumes people that lack boundaries. What's more is that we feel more shame each time we realize someone has overstepped or gone against our needs because we did not stick up for ourselves and communicate our need within our boundaries. It's important that we practice defining healthy boundaries because if we don't let our healthy boundaries be known, we can be triggered consciously or unconsciously. We will react. Though boundaries represent different things to different people, they universally force us to examine toxic behaviors with roots in our past and can surface negative internal dialogues that are really painful to address, but it is deeply important that we face our fears, we face our traumas, we take back that control, and then therefore we can regulate our nervous system and have no effing problem honoring our boundaries. A person with tendencies to be a people pleaser, which means that they likely had insecurity while developing in childhood, might have a hard time setting boundaries because they feel the need to continuously give to be worthy of others. On the other hand, highly driven people may see a boundary as a personal failure or an attack on their ego. Whereas someone who hasn't yet achieved much in their life may use a boundary to reinforce negative self-talk. I grew up in a traumatic and chaotic reality as a child until I moved out. For so many years, I thought there was something wrong with me, but now I know that trauma and lack of attachment to my mother dysregulated my nervous system. My forever attempts at feeling better were to lean into codependency, say yes to everyone, and give, give, give. A dysregulated nervous system puts me in fight-flight mode from day to night, which is not normal. Being in a constant state of anxiety, stress, and fear is because our autonomic nervous system is activated in maladaptive ways to survive, thanks to our experiences from childhood. I always want to say yes and people please because the thought of saying no instantly makes me feel unsafe, uncomfortable, and I'm just afraid to go against the grain. I don't want to be shouted at. I don't want to be told there's something wrong with me because I didn't comply. The following that I'm about to say is profound, but please don't accidentally use this information against yourself. You likely have a great capacity for empathy and compassion, but what I am about to say is not so you can further excuse other people's behavior. What I am about to say is to offer clarity as to why we were treated the way we were as children and why we may still accept it in our life as adults. A huge reason why many of us experienced trauma and or chaos as a child was because our caregiver or caregivers had a dysregulated nervous system and likely struggled with mental health. Do you see why I heeded warning? Because even when I say this, every time I even read it, I think, oh, extend compassion. All right, I understand where they're coming from. That's all right, I guess I see where they, why, why they messed up. No, because that is when we then put ourselves on the back burner and excuse our feelings because we're excusing the other person's behavior. That is not healthy for us. Always honor your feelings. You were made to feel a certain way, whether by accident or not. Those feelings are of your own, and they don't just disappear because now, for example, you've forgiven the caregiver. If anything, that caregiver needs to address 
those feelings of yours. And in other episodes, we're going to talk about healing trauma and taking care of our own trauma, especially if our caregivers never want to admit the wrongdoings they have done to us and how we can safely unpack as well as heal on our own. Transgenerational or intergenerational trauma is actually a major factor to why a lot of us lack boundaries. I had no idea until really getting into the meat, fat, and juice of the research. This is exceptionally life-changing, life-enhancing to come to know this information because there's just facts within the psychology and neuroscience of why we do the things we do and why our caregivers, why our parents, why our grandparents acted the way that they did. So I'm very quickly going to talk about intergenerational trauma and then we are going to move on to the different types of boundaries and how to better establish boundaries in our life without pissing people off or letting our own self down. Our grandparents were living in a completely different survival mode than their children. Our parents, which are our grandparents' children, needed completely different survival mechanisms than their parents as well as their children, which is us. Our grandparents experienced the fear and stress of war, oppression, poverty, and racism. PTSD became prevalent during their generation. They typically dealt with this through alcoholism rather than communicating their feelings, unless they were shouting. This generation was quick to bark and bite at their children. They were tough, showed up for work every day, and if you ask me, said yes a lot as to help others. Our parents had entirely different experiences than their parents, which are our grandparents. They received pretty tough childhoods because their parents expected them to be as tough as they are, even though life was not as threatening by war and such, right? I, my mom grew up, my mom was born in the 60s. Everything was really starting to mellow out. So when she was being raised in the 70s and 80s, it was wonderful land. But her parents represented an entirely different reality, and so they treated her that way. Physical and emotional abuse was of abundance in most homes. Even if it was like with the belt or the whip or forcing kids to sit at a table for three hours and eat the last pee. Our parents may have a hard time feeling like they received the love they needed as children, even though they likely grew up with both mother and father figure in the home. So a lot of our parents aren't experiencing what we are experiencing, which is split family homes. I'm, I meet a majority of humans who are raised by single mothers, few single fathers, but that's something to deeply consider. Our parents are children that struggle to grow up. I think this is fair to say for many reasons. Something fascinating that this generation created was the self-esteem movement in the 90s. To this day, the detrimental effects of that self-debilitating yet well-intentioned movement are experienced by most of us. We were all raised thinking we are perfect as is. This is a direct response from our parents being raised by angry and possibly abusive parents. Our parents made a mistake and overly reclaimed what it means to be special, what it means to be human and alive. Nowadays, we all think we are top shit and it's a huge reason why many somehow find magical ways to think my podcast or social media information is attack on them. Follow me on this. Isn't this interesting? 
When presented with information that is helpful and useful to live a better life, a lot of people nowadays go on the defense and their mind perceives this information as a self-attack to their esteem. This is due to a majorly fixed mindset, lack of self-awareness, and refusal to mature. I'm just being honest here. An adaptive growth mindset allows humans to receive all information, appreciating it as a stepping stone to get closer to their goals, their needs, and their overall happiness. An adaptive growth mindset is a major lifestyle success tool I urge all humans to use to feel better and live better every day, regardless of our past experience and what our parents chose to put us through. We are who we are today not who we had to be years ago to survive. As an adult, it is always up to us to make better choices in our life rather than step down or away from ourselves and choose to serve the needs of others. We are no longer children beholden to our caregivers. We are independent beings capable of coming to know what is best for us and how to assure our needs are being met without issue or problem. As an adult, you have the choice to not only identify your needs and then create boundaries in support of them, but you also have to choose which boundaries are soft and which boundaries are hard. There's a significant difference between soft and hard boundaries. We are going to go hard and, well, start with hard boundaries. The most concrete hard boundary I can think we all should have is the boundary of not drinking alcohol and driving afterwards. This boundary keeps every human safe and gives all humans the ability to continue living their life as is. Hard boundaries are things you are unwilling to compromise on. Hard boundaries are non-negotiable in your life. I see a lot of people start to let go of their boundaries when they enter into a new romantic relationship where there is high infatuation. It is a major mistake to start accepting people outside of your boundaries just because of the neurochemicals they activate inside of you. Remember what I say every week. Dopamine does not care what it activates you to go towards. It just cares that it is activated. Think of hard boundaries as things you will never do or never accept as reasonable. For example, I will never accept a human in my life that intentionally crafts dishonesty and lies. I have absolutely had to say goodbye to people that make me feel good in all sorts of ways because they overstep my hard boundary of honesty and deceit. It is always worth it to self-protect and it is never worth it to let people in your life just because of how they make you feel sometimes. What are things, behaviors, or feelings that you absolutely will not or do not accept in your life? Are there areas of your life where you feel in control? Are there areas in your life where you feel out of control? Soft boundaries are more like wishes and aspirations, and you are willing to compromise on them. Think of soft boundaries as goals you want to reach but are flexible around. A soft boundary is something that is determined by situations or by other people. It's contextual. Soft boundaries are not concrete and rigid. Unlike a hard boundary, a soft boundary isn't always enforced. 
An example of a soft boundary could be not allowing anyone to drive your car unless you are intoxicated. Then you definitely allow your friend to drive the car as so you don't drive drunk. Compromising should not make you feel triggered. No, that's not the point here. That means you have just blasted past probably multiple boundaries if you're feeling dysregulated and triggered. In this circumstance, you cross your boundary of not letting others drive your car to avoid driving under the influence and therefore maintaining safety. Anytime you can amplify safety, I'm going to argue that's when you should consider altering or possibly going past a boundary in regards to enhancing safety. If you struggle with saying no and people-pleasing, it is in your best interest to focus on and strengthen your hard boundaries. Make them clear and known to yourself and the chosen others in your life. It can be assumed those that have fear of rejection will be tempted to overcompromise on soft boundaries. Use this information as empowering rather than disheartening. There are seven different types of boundaries. Boundaries range from physical to financial to mental. The seven types of boundaries are once again physical boundaries, sexual boundaries, emotional and mental boundaries, spiritual boundaries, financial and material boundaries, time boundaries, and non-negotiable boundaries. If you're just listening to the podcast, you missed my little shoulder dance. Sexual boundaries and how we navigate romantic relationships is the most prominent of boundaries in most people's minds. Sexual boundaries can include mental, physical, and emotional boundaries. It is 100% and only up to you to decide what you are comfortable, okay, and accepting during sex with another consenting human. In regards to sex, trying new things and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone can be fun and exciting. But that doesn't negate the need for personal safety, understanding what works for you, and what doesn't work. Exploring the perimeter of your comfort zone is one thing. Saying goodbye to it and stepping outside of it is another. When we're engaging in new sexual activity, especially with someone new, we could put ourselves in uncomfortable situations by overstepping our boundaries and especially stepping outside of what is comfortable for us. Being tied up in shabari bondage is a certain kind of discomfort, right? And that can still reside in your comfort zone and boundaries. I 1000% consent to shabari and the discomfort that comes from doing rope play with my partner. But if he were to try and strangle me to death with the rope, that is a hard boundary he knows not to cross. Furthermore, if your partner is pressuring or urging you to try new things and your brain and body do not instantly light up and say yes, this is likely an internal communication that activity is not for you and might even go against your needs. When we feel uncomfortable, anxious, or unsafe, that is our autonomic nervous system activating and communicating. From kissing to intercourse, you are not obligated to do anything you actually do not want to do. If you have found yourself in a relationship where your partner is constantly pressuring you to do things you do not want to, this means you have accidentally walked over many of your boundaries and this human very likely should not be in your life. At this point, it isn't about just sexual boundaries. It is fundamental and crucial to your well-being 
and this person clearly oversteps many necessary boundaries of yours. Get them gone and learn from that lesson. Within sexual boundaries, there are two types, explicit and implicit boundaries. In summation, implicit boundaries are assumptions based on the way we function as a society. They are related to human rights, legal rights, and the accepted codes of socialization. A pretty solid example of an implicit boundary is we all know that hitting someone is crossing a boundary. And this does not need to be explicitly indicated. Obviously, there are boundaries and life rules that seem obvious to most, but are not honored by all. This being said, because I did just mention Shibari, which is a part of BDSM, if you have made the sexual request with your partner to be hit, that is an entirely different thing, and you do you, boo. Explicit sexual boundaries are behaviors and acts you clearly and directly communicate with a partner. Explicit boundaries are personal to you, and you choose these explicit boundaries based on your own preferences and needs nobody else's. These boundaries are to be discussed and clearly stated in order to let someone know what is on and off the table. If you're not okay with someone choking you during sex, you directly say to them loud and clear, choking is off limits and is a hard boundary for me. If their reaction is to push you away or try and persuade you otherwise, I urge you to examine if this person is right for you long-term. People that push against boundaries are not to be trusted and should not be welcomed into your life without consequence, of course. Another type of boundary are financial and material boundaries. This is a boundary I think most humans could become better established within. I am also going to go ahead and say, as a very observant 30-something-year-old female living in Florida, there are a lot of good-looking humans out there that want nothing more than to partner with another human because of the financial gain and option to not have to put in their own effort for greater finances, aka money moochers, aka gold diggers. I don't know. <laughs> Ladies, I may or may not be talking about a certain type of you that seems to be growing in numbers. And yes, a lot of this has to do with lacking self-belief not having a clear life vision for the self, little or no desire to go towards personal goals, inability to tap into grit, and the refusal to expand the mindset to one of adaptive growth. It's just to list some reasons why we might see more money-hungry gold diggers out there. I'm trying to be helpful. What I'm trying to say here is always be on the lookout of other people's main objectives and hidden motives. I digress and am moving back onto financial boundaries. Because financial boundaries can be of your own. You could even say no to yourself. No, I'm not spending money this way. Financial or material boundaries are very basically the limits we set for our money and or things. In some cases, financial boundaries are those you set for yourself. In other cases, they might be boundaries you set between yourself and others, whether it's a spouse, one of your kids, a friend, a roommate. My research shows that a lot of adults struggle to maintain healthy money boundaries. You have the right to put your own needs first 
You have the right to take control of your finances. You have the right to say no when family members ask you for money. You have the right to save money rather than spend every dime on fun things for your kids. You matter. It can be difficult if not impossible to reach financial goals without financial boundaries. Ask yourself this, can you reach your goals without altering how you spend money? If not, it might be time to set some financial boundaries. The final boundary we are covering in detail today is our emotional and mental boundary. This boundary is major and crucial to our day-to-day well-being. We feel better, sleep better, and live better when our emotional and mental state are in good shape. When our mental and emotional well-being are negatively impacted, we are likely living with a dysregulated nervous system which can cause further issues within our mental health, physical health, and overall wellness. Emotional and mental boundaries protect your right to have your own feelings and thoughts, to not have your feelings criticized or invalidated, and not have to take care of other people's feelings. Our emotional boundaries are important because they give us the personal space, emotional, mental, physical, and otherwise, we need in any given situation. Emotional and mental boundaries are vital because they create the foundation for healthy relationships with the self and with others. When healthy boundaries are not present, people can be left feeling angry or sad due to interactions that create a sense of being taken advantage of, devalued, unappreciated, or even bullied. The simplest way to think of an emotional boundary is a clear line of what is and is not yours to deal with. This might be something that someone is actively trying to put on you, or it may be a situation where they do not realize how much their actions affect you. This is where you need to communicate. I have so many great examples of emotional boundaries unfortunately being overstepped by friends. If you personally know me, you know I am a vocal creature with little fear to breathe the fire that is my boundaries nowadays. So I'm amazed when friends consistently choose to overstep my known, communicated, direct boundaries in clearly selfish attempts to inflate their ego in unhealthy ways and use me to do so. You better know in your heart of hearts that I always leave these relationships, even if we have countless amazing memories and my heart feels so big for them. The fact that these people either actively chose to overset my boundaries or have such a dysregulated nervous system that they can never ever regard my boundaries because they always need to instantly feel better or inflated basically by talking at me, this fact is exactly why they cannot be in my life. Also, if you have someone constantly coming at you and using you as a soundboard, They very likely have a lot of problems in their life and therefore they likely are overstepping their boundaries and making low-level poor choices. You need to consider this human in so many different regards and if they should be in your life. I choose to protect myself, honor myself, and put myself first when I say no to people's incessant bullshit of walking all over my boundaries.
I talk about toxic self-care and toxic femininity on Instagram weekly. Welcome to my first conscientious rant here. Follow me as I tie together toxic behavior with crossing emotional boundaries. Imagine this. You go to meet up with a best friend and are super excited to spend much needed quality time together. There is much to talk about and catch up on and at least for you, you're just over the moon to be in a good friend's company and nothing more. You do not have any other agendas or needs. You simply want to spend time with your friend. Unfortunately, your friend does have an agenda and further unstated needs. Though your friend knows, like absolutely knows, like so this has been an ongoing thing, an ongoing discussion, uh, a reiteration time and time again of a hard boundary. Though your friend knows you have a hard boundary of not being everybody's therapist and wanting to spend quality time together rather than just receiving all sorts of information and then being the helper, she doesn't care and instantly starts to unload. Apparently, you are not her friend. You are her soundboard. What's more and always annoying is she doesn't want advice or to hear you talk. She just wants to emotionally vomit or obsess over a recent experience. This is a major boundary overstep she is choosing to do. Furthermore, is this a good friend? Or is this a friend we might be able to identify as a taker? Remember the last podcast episode? Or perhaps their nervous system is so dysregulated all the time by the lower level choices they are making that they need to constantly talk about their life and apparent shitstorm, which is a real thing for a lot of us. Whatever the reason is, it is not reason enough for your heart boundary, for my heart boundary, to be thrown out the window. In these very common cases, if you're speaking up time and time again is not warranting the response you need in regards to your boundaries, then that person should not be warranted to be your friend. Emotional boundaries will make or break how you fundamentally feel every single day. Please take care and choose your boundaries always. How do we implement boundaries and communicate our needs? This is probably the greatest question asked in regards to boundaries. Well, how do I implement them? How do I let people know without people hating me? Well, first of all, if people treat you poorly because you've set a boundary, let me say it one more time, that's very likely not a good person. It's likely a toxic person. They could even be narcissistic. If people don't let other people maintain, take care of, and go towards their own needs, that's not a person I'm going to welcome in my life. So simply put, you can communicate your boundaries by verbalizing the impact things make on your comfort level. Boundaries speak to what we identify and solidify as comfortable or uncomfortable. Learning how to say no and when to say no is a game changer for better boundaries. Many times we fear of saying no because we feel like we owe others a dissertation essay level response to why we cannot engage or do something. Unless someone asks, you do not need to over-explain every decision you make. The decisions you make should be assumed are aligned within your needs. Something important to note is when we express our boundaries to not be aggressive. It can be very easy to react when we feel like someone is doing us dirty or choosing to go against us. 
it can be very easy for me to react aggressively when I have stated a boundary, especially multiple times, and I'm still just watching someone just walk all over it or past it. I'm like, what the? How dare you? But sometimes people just are really ignorant or they just make mistakes. So always inquire first and find out what the F is going on before you pop off. It is a heavy reminder to us all that humans cannot remember every single detail, especially about other humans. Use your words like the adult we see in our head that raises great children and makes good friends. It can be tough to emotionally regulate, but with practice, we can say things in better ways and be more clear about our needs without fear of rejection. Practice makes progress. Practice makes healing. Practice makes for a more regulated nervous system. Practice maintaining, setting, and communicating your boundaries. It is always worth it. The best approach to communicating boundaries is taking the time to have a conversation about them with another. A conversation allows both parties to get clear on why the boundary is necessary, allows for clarification, and establishes a healthy pattern of getting to know one another. Conversations can be anxiety-inducing. When we discuss our needs with people that care about our growth and well-being, we are not attacked, shamed, or convinced otherwise. So if that's happening, red flag. Take note of the people in your life and if they are okay with your establishing or reestablishing of boundaries. If someone seems reluctant of you aligning more with your needs, have a conversation to inquire on this hesitation. Engage the best you can if this person is well-intentioned for you. A lot of times there will be initial pushback or like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And this is why we have to gauge because maybe after a few days, the other person is fine. It just you know took time to lean in and like experience the new you or the new boundaries. But what I'm trying to communicate here is if there's someone who just very much is like, no, F your boundaries, or just always is trying to manipulate you or change you, that's not a well-intentioned person. And I'm, I can quite safely say that person is not going to change for the better for you all of a sudden. So with this being said, it is really important that we maintain and stay in our lane. When we stay in our lane, we are guaranteed to be going towards our needs. Our lane consists of our boundaries and standards. Today we talked in length on what boundaries are, why we might lack boundaries, and how to better establish them to live the life we need. Next week we get clear on our standards and what minimum we will ever accept in our life. Standards ensure we get the things, people, and experiences we need from life that further supports our growth and contentment. Standards are implemented in business, relationships, health and diet, and so much more. Do you have standards? Can you think of people that have high or low standards? Do people with high standards seem to be living a different life than others? It is always up to us. We always have control, even if it seems we have lost it. It never slips away from our grasp. It just may have slipped far from our perception. If you want to learn even more, check out the blog, where you can also find recommended products and supporting links in each blog post. You can also enjoy two free lifestyle success courses, as well as other options to upgrade your life. 
All the best today, Beeb. You got this. This is Breezy signing off from another episode of From Struggle to Success.